places. So, being that it's Rosh Chodesh Adar, it's very important to be in happiness. As we all know the song, Mitzvah Gedolah Liyot Besimcha, right? Liyot Besimcha Tamid. Hashem is telling us the big mitzvah to be in happiness, right? How do you spell Besimcha? Betzin Memchet Hey, right? Machshava is spelled the same way, mindset. So happiness is truly a mindset. As you can see, the Goyim like to rub off on us, but the Torah is showing us that if a person wants to be happy, he truly has to be nice to himself. He has to focus on the good points in himself and to bring them out. Each and every single person in this room is capable of so much. Me and myself, I'm 23 years old, and if, if I could tell you the power of believing in yourself, it goes so far. And Hashem is not asking us of so much. He asks us merely to wake up, in the, wake up early, go to Shachrit, pray in the Minyan, Mincha Arvit, and to really pray with Kavana. And this is to boys and girls. You know, a person without prayer is like... Uh, I can't even think of an example. A person needs to have a, a connection with Borei Olam. Uh, two weeks ago, I was in Israel, and I went to go visit the Yanuka, and, he, and I was asking him a bunch of advices for different questions. Whoever heard of the Yanuka, big, big, big rabbi, and he told me something very interesting. He said, En etzah, rak There is no good advice you can give to a person in life. The only advice that I can tell you is to pray. Because ultimately, if we acknowledge that Hashem is in control of the world, Hashem is the one that's running all of the calculations and all of the things in our life and He's truly doing it for the best for us, then we're going to go to Him. You know, He said when a person needs a bracha, it goes to a rabbi. When a person gets sick or has a sick family member, they go to the doctor. And when a person needs a loan, they go to the bank. But why is no one going to Hashem? Do we forget who's Zanum Fanas, who's the one that gives us money? Do we forget who's the one that's Mezavek Zivugim HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Trust me, he's a lot better than the matchmaker. <laughs> Did we forget who's the one that gives us happiness? Who gives us peace of mind? Who gives us the ability to breathe every moment? You know what a miracle, what a miracle it is, the fact that we're breathing right now? And we're so focused on, on, on this world, on things that are not important. We're focused on, on worrying and stress and what's going to happen, how is it going to happen, trying to control everything. Uh, you know, life is very simple. And that's why it's complicated. But the reality is, is that if we truly, truly try to just connect to Hashem simply on a daily basis, and you have here an amazing rabbi who's here for you guys and investing for you guys, then it becomes very simple. And I, I can't stress it enough. One parak of Tehillim could change your life. One small Hidboredut in your own prayer could change. I'm, I'm not telling you to go to the forest or... Uh, I think it's called Griffith here, you know, to go into the mountain. Hashem, where are you? Ayeka. No, I'm telling you very simply. You have an issue, bring it to Hashem. And this is especially for anyone who's single or even married here. We need a, re we need a relationship with our Creator in order to have a relationship with the people around us. Imagine, for, for example, a guy is married and he had a very hard day at work and he comes home and, and you know, a guy without God is going to go into that house and dump everything onto his wife. Uh, a guy without God in his life is going to see imperfection everywhere and he's not going to be satisfied. It's very important to have Hashem in your life. A person with Hashem, before he comes home, he gives all the stresses of the day to his Creator. He says, Hashem, before I go into this door, I'm going to go see my beautiful wife, the wife that you gave me, the wife that you picked out for me. So many people aren't married, but you gave me a wife. And yes, I had a long day, and yes, things didn't work out so much in business, but you're the one that's running business as well. As Michael Safdie likes to say, we're just running, we're, every day we're going through the puppet show of emotions. 
anger, stress, fear, uh, anxiety. I don't believe in depression, but all, all of these things that we're going through every single day is just running through the motion. But your heart, your, your heart has to be with Hashem throughout the day. And a person with Hashem in his life, when he's married or when he's single, he's going to bring everything up to his Creator, especially for the guys now. It's the, it's the, it's the end of Shovavim, right? And it's so important for men to guard their eyes and to keep Shmirat Tabrit. You know, you go outside, you look into the world, and there are so many distracting things. And if you're not focused on yourself, if you're not looking penima into your inner greatness, who knows what can happen to you? And I can testify. I'm not a rabbi. I'm not married. I'm not some special person. I'm just a regular 23-year-old kid that wanted to make a difference. I was born in Israel. My family wasn't the most... And by the way, at any time, if you guys want to raise your hand and ask a question, feel free to embarrass me. Feel free to... Put me in my place. Ask any question. This is a night for you guys. You want to ask questions about dating, relationships, uh, business, throw it at me, please. I encourage all questions. So like I was saying, I'm just a regular guy from Israel. Well, I became American now. I moved here when I was eight years old. And throughout my life, you know, I went through the yeshiva system and it turned me off a lot because they would throw stuff religion down our throats. And I had to, I had to slowly, slowly come to the realization that I need Hashem in my life. And Hashem showed that to me through not religious family members and how they would act and how their life looked and I would go I went to Israel for yeshiva and I saw how the religious spectrum of things looked and really what I am is just the guy with a burning desire to, to, to really show you guys how I feel because I'm the same age I'm in the same test and I could truly tell you that with Hashem I'm the happiest person in the world and to make it very practical for you you wake up in the morning you put on tefillin you pray to Hashem you take time at the end of the Amidah, after Elokal and Surah, after you say the Pasuk of your name, to really go into a conversation with God. And so, yes, yeah, sometimes it's hard to do that because you're not used to talking to Him. But a, a smart person once told me, you want to introduce yourself to Hashem now, so you won't have to come introduce yourself to Him when you have a problem. Many people like to say that Judaism is a religion. But I like to say that, that Judaism is a relationship. It's about having a relationship with your Creator, and, and living with Him every moment of your life. And like we said, practically, read Tehillim, read the Igeret HaRamban once a week, and write these things down if you don't want to forget. Igeret HaRamban once a week, it's very important to read. It rem it reminds, yes, question? Sorry. What? You can Google Igeret HaRamban, I-G-G-E-R-E-T-H-A-R-A-M-B-A-N. You can write letter of the Ramban, it's a, wrote, it's a letter that he wrote to his son. And if you can't find it, you can come up after, I'll show you. But yeah, besides the Yigarat Ramban, you can read Tehillim. You can read Tehillim in English. You can also pray in English. You can pray in Persian. That's a language, right? <laughs> Farsi, sorry, sorry. Tajik, that's all I know. The burned rice. They say the joke with the burned rice is that one time... I said... Tadi. Yeah, they say the joke with the burned rice is that one time the woman, she burned... The rice by mistake, and the husband came home, and he, you know, he's a balmidos, obviously, a really from guy. So he ate it, and he said, "It's delicious. Oh, it's good. I'll keep making it this way." And then uh, Tajik, uh, Tadi was Tadi was born. <laughs> yes. If it's not too personal to ask, you said that you were kind of turned off at first from the yeshiva and religious brought me to your journey because I've been watching the videos and it's very inspiring stuff to know now that you didn't even 
it wasn't from childhood. It's something that you came across on your own. First of all, thank you for your question. Round of applause. Uh, you told me that I'm inspiring, but the reality is, is that you inspire me and this whole room inspires me. I obviously try to inspire people, but the reality is, is that the giver is really the receiver. So thank you for that and thank you all for that. Uh, to answer your question, yeah, I was not born in a from family at all. I only have one religious uncle who became super from in Ben Ebrak, mikveh every morning, the whole nine yards. He actually just had a baby boy. And just to show you the, the power of resilience, he had eight girls in a row. And my father said, if the ninth one's going to be a girl, I'll name her Tisha B'Av. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, he had a boy. So if you keep praying for something, you'll get it. Um, to answer your question, when I finished high school at 18 years old, my, I, I, I was completely turned off from the religion. Uh, I'm not going to say what high school I went to, because Lashonara, no. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go to Geyanam. <laughs> but I will say that basically it was just days of learn Mishnah, learn Gemara, but not why, not the beauty of it, not the, the, the what, what, why I should learn it and how can I incorporate it into my life. Like learning about uh, the Paraduma, the red cow, has nothing to do with, you know, my practical everyday life. And, 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 and in, in high school, when you would ask these questions, they wouldn't, they wouldn't encourage them. And it's unfortunate, you know, because really the, 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 the kids asking the questions are the smart ones. They're not just like sheep. I'm going to follow everything you say. They're, they want to know why they're doing it. And sometimes it's in order because they want to give, you know, they want to be able to teach this knowledge over to other people. So when I finished high school, I was very turned off from the religion. I felt suffocated. I felt like I was drowning. I felt like it was stuffed down my throat and I wanted nothing to do with it. Until this day, probably 90% of my high school class doesn't, has nothing to do with the religion, unfortunately, because of that. So it's very, very important that the rabbis are doing things in the right way. But one thing that I'll tell you from personal experience that if any person in this room has ever had a turn off from a rabbi or Rebbitzin or some sort of religious authoritative uh, figure, I would tell you that this person is, made, is merely representing the religion. I'm going to say that again. This person is representing God. He's representing Hashem, but he is not God. People make mistakes and it's important to not, not, to not associate this person with Hashem because Hashem is beautiful. And this person is also beautiful, but we pray for him. He's just not the right uh, vessel that I want to receive from. Just so I have, I'm very lucky to have a friend who pushed me to go to Israel with him. And since then, I could testify that my life hasn't been the same. That's why to anyone who's 18 or even 25 and can go to Israel to learn, I encourage you to do it. But in so many words, just living in a, in a very orthodox, kind of modern orthodox or some of the things people do, community, it... I was always a seeker of the truth, you know, even when I was younger. I wasn't just like, oh, I'm born Jewish, so let me go be a Jew. I told myself, what if Judaism is not the right thing to do? Before I go and invest all of my life into this, I want to know, is it actually for me? And I went on a very long journey of, of self-discovery, and I actually discovered that, that not only is Judaism a true religion, it's the only religion that actually exists. No such thing as Christianity, it's all made up. Islam, all made up. It's Jews and Gentiles, period. <laughs> And we are the chosen people with the responsibility to be a light to all nations, but most importantly, to be a light to ourselves. And also, to answer your question really personally, because the Chazal teaches us that things that come out of a person's heart directly impacts another person's heart. And I'm not going to come here and bluff you. I'm going to tell you things very personal from my heart. You may go to my Instagram page and go all the way, all the way to the beginning and you'll notice that I post a video every single day and I, and I only take Friday off. And sometimes I even post on Friday, I'm crazy too. And the reason for that is as follows. If you go, if you open the Bikat Amazon, before the Bikat Amazon, there's a, 
The baby's agreeing, it's okay. <laughs> if you open the Bikat Amazon before you read it, there's actually a beautiful lesson teaching us how to become successful. It says, Hazorim bedim'ah berinai tzoru. This is a foundational key, you know, advice to become successful. Those who plant seeds with blood, sweat, hard work, and tears will one day come to reap the sweet red apple of their, of their investment. So how do you get the apple? You go to a grocery store, you get an apple. But in reality, a farmer has to go, he has to put the seed in the ground, he has to water it, fall in the fall, in the winter, in the spring, in the summer. He has to do a lot of hard work. And after seven years only, finally, the apple grows. And he has to give away 10 to 20% to the Kohanim and to the Beit HaMikdash at the time. But the reality is that if you guys want to become successful, you have to work day in, day out. Life is hard work. Being happy, being a happy person, self-development and being married, it's a lot of hard work. It's very simple when you get the message, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's easy. It's very hard to control yourself and it's very hard to go against your own nature. But anyways, to answer your question, I started to make content and I was very consistent with my content. And the reason why I did it was because I wanted to make the world a better place. And I tried really hard and I learned a lot of key messages along the way. And Baruch Hashem, I posted a video and Hashem did what He wanted to do with it. Um, and that's pretty much it. I, I really want to see the world become a better place and I really believe that people can be happy and people can be connected to Hashem in a happy way and in a, in a proud way and not just in a, in a sense of showing off to society and some external image. I believe that people can truly be happy without having to show it off to society. I really believe that happiness, you can be by yourself and be happy. What I wanted to share with you is that, just to show that life is not easy, when I started to make content, my grandfather actually got really sick. And throughout the whole journey of making content, every single day, like I had to go to the hospital to visit him, you know, to check in, and he, he was a diabetic. And unfortunately, he passed away. But throughout the whole time of me trying to make the world a better place and to create my own niche of content, interviewing rabbis, speaking, doing crazy things, you know, streaming in pizza stores, for those who remember, I had a sick grandfather, and that other things that weren't working out so well in my life, and that was really my test of, of emunah and bitachon, and I, and I told Hashem, you know, Hashem, you don't put me through a test that I cannot overcome. You don't. And this is for anybody in this room. Whether you're in a toxic relationship with some boyfriend, girlfriend, I didn't say that. You know, you don't have to be in that situation anymore. And whether you're going through a hard test for the boys with Shemirat breathe and Shemirat Naim, you don't have to do that stuff anymore. It's just a, it's just a means of finding comfort. It's a, it's a means to an end, really. There's nothing there. I can tell you that from experience. There's, there's nothing in, in, in Gashmi things. The only thing that has real substance, that has real, you know, the only thing that's really, that you can latch onto is Hashem. And, and, and I'll say it again, a person without Hashem is not a, is not a living person. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Any other questions or should I continue? No? Continue. Okay. So I want to talk about something interesting. And I want to talk about the purpose of life. But before I want to talk about the purpose of life, I shouldn't put it into my head now to tell you guys. And I, I know I said this throughout the speech already, but I, I really have to stress the importance of a person believing in themselves. You know, depression... I personally don't believe in depression because I, I, I believe in the experience of feeling darkness and I'm not trying to offend anyone in any sort of a way. I just personally don't believe in depression myself. 
for, my, for myself because I believe that the mind and the Shama is a very powerful thing. If a person really tr truly tries to focus on, on good thoughts and on thoughts of, of self-worth self and I will be successful and, just, and to really tell themselves good things, that, 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 that will become true. Your neshama is extremely powerful and your mind is extremely powerful. And take it from a person who's been in some pretty dark places. And Rav Meriliao, for those who know him, he told me, the only reason why a person feels darkness and heavy clouds of darkness is because they're not connected to their creator. David HaMelech writes in Tehilim, Kirvat Elohim Litov. For me, for my soul to be close to Hashem, it's good for me. Right now, there's a horrible tragedy going on in Israel. And I, I haven't seen it in LA for some reason, which is very strange. But if you come to Brooklyn, to my block especially, my mom has put posters all over Brooklyn. And it's interesting because you see posters of kidnapped people. Let me ask you a question. If you ever saw a, a poster of a dog that got lost, would anybody come and take it down? No. But they're taking down posters of our brothers and sisters in Israel. So that's just food for thought. But just to talk about David Amalek, imagine you saw posters all over town with a picture of a very handsome, gingy boy called David saying, we want to kill this person and we want to hunt him down. Uh, whoever finds him, $10 million, uh, 100 Bitcoin, do the math. And David Amalek went through so much suffering in his life. And that's why it's so beautiful to read Tehillim. Because this is coming from a person that his own father-in-law tried to kill him. People, tried, people were hunting after him. And when he, was, when he was born, people said that his mother, that his parents did something wrong with each other. And, people, and, and even when the, the oil ran out and jumped on his head, declaring he's really the king, they, they all denied it. Time after time, he got stepped on, he got disrespected, and, and completely rejected from society. That's why Chazal teaches us, Lev nishbar Elohim lo Someone that has a broken heart, that was pushed down from society, Elohim lo Hashem doesn't look at you and say, oh, look at this person, he's shameful. Or like, he, or like we say in Brooklyn, that he's a hazi case. He's like a, a poor, like, like some kind of a loser. God forbid, if a person has a broken heart, a broken heart is the entry point of a relationship with Hashem. And that's why if you have a broken heart and you want to go read Tehillim, it's the best thing that you can do. One filah with a broken heart is, is equal to a thousand filah without one. And it just goes to show you the power of, of, of the Torah. The Torah is beautiful. Tehillim is beautiful. Tefillot are beautiful. You know, all, all, of, the, all, all of the greats who, who constructed our Torah, they all went through a lot in their life. When you're reading Tehillim, you're reading someone's suffering. And that's why so many people connect to it, especially women. And if you don't re understand Hebrew, I would highly suggest you to get one in English. But the point is, is that I, I me, myself, uh, there's, there's a lot of feelings of darkness in this generation and a lot of feelings of brokenheartedness. And it's the most beautiful thing and the most difficult thing at the same time. You know, you're one step away from greatness. Hashem says, Open me the size of a needle and I'll open you the world. Hashem is telling us all, everyone in this room, what's Torah? Torah stems from the word Hora'ah, instructions. The Torah is an instruction manual how to live the best possible life, but it's more than that. You don't just learn Torah al-manat uh, to perform, on the, on the condition to perform. Learning Torah in itself is the purpose. It's not just an instruction manual to use to sell mitzvah. Oh, you want to be happy? Do this. Oh, you want to make money? Do this. Oh, you want to find your soulmate? Do this. It's not like that. When the person sits down and learns Torah and invests in Torah, they are fulfilling the purpose of their creation. The Misat Yisharim says in the, in the first page, written by the Ramchal, that the purpose of creation was 
The purpose of why Hashem created the world was to derive benefit from the divine light, a.k.a. Olam Abba. How does a person get to Olam Abba? By learning Torah. And I'll tell you something very interesting. I was in Miami two weeks ago. Oh, the baby really agrees with everything I say. <laughs> I was in Miami two weeks ago. And I had this feeling in my chest that I was about to meet a great person, which is actually called Ashgacha Pratit. And I ran into Rabbi Yalam Rami. And we got into a massive argument throughout the conversation because I was trying to tell him that there's nothing more important in the world than sitting down and learning Torah. 60,000 mitzvah an hour. What can be better than that? But the rabbi taught me a phenomenal lesson. He said, no, not everybody is fortunate enough to be able to sit down and learn. And even if they are, they might not always have the clarity or the peace of mind to do so. So what do you do? He opened up to me the back of, the, of one of the Rambam Sarim. I can't quote it exactly, but I could get it for you if you would like it, if you're one of those. And it said, and it was explaining, what does it mean, the Pasuk Tzadik Be'emunato Yichyeh? What is the meaning of the verse that a righteous person will live with his emunah? The, the, the definition is, is that if a person f- lives with his emunah, he is considered uh, uh, acquiring the mitzvah of Limut Torah. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it practically. If a, per, if, if a guy walks in the street and he knows, he feels a curiosity to look up and to check what's around him, if he chooses not to look, he is rewarded on that second of Limut Torah. And that's beautiful because it's so, it's so easy to do. You know, a Jew without emunah mitachon is like Shaveh Efes, it's zero. Same thing for women, you know, if a girl knows that she's trying to work on herself and she and she she really wants to detach from those bad friends that are pushing her the other way and she does that Shemaim is clapping for her Hashem loves her and appreciates her so much in that moment she doesn't even know that is the definition of living with your emunah that is fulfilling your purpose in this world Dafka when things are the hardest and you feel like it's dark and no one's looking Hashem is waiting for you to make the right decision because that is the purpose to why you're created and it's a beautiful thing. And I'm going to continue the Mesirati Sharim. It says a couple lines later that This world is a hallway for the world to come. And we said this on Tuesday night, but we'll say it again for those who remember. If I brought, what's your name? David. David Amalek. You see? Beautiful. David the King. If I brought, David, if I brought you to this room and I told you David inside of this room there's diamonds there's gold there's Tajik no I'm kidding <laughs> there's everything you want in this room uh, all of the fortunes of the world and you have 60 seconds in this room what would you do go in, go in and just look you can take you would take as much as you can 60 seconds you would make holes in your pockets that don't even exist <laughs> give me the bags where's the bags <laughs> So this is our life. Hashem is giving us 120 years Bezrat Hashem on this beautiful planet. And I, I, I can't stress this enough. It's a beautiful world. The, the Arizal says that Hashem created the world perfect and it's our, it's our decision making that makes the world imperfect. It's our bad choices that takes away from the beauty of the world. But Hashem made the world beautiful. So back to the topic. We have 120 years to take as many mitzvot as we can in this world. And what are we doing? We're being sad? We're being upset? That's like ludicrous. How can you spend your life being upset? You have so many amazing mitzvot that you can do. You know what putting on tefillin is doing in Shamaim? Putting on tzitzit that we're going to give out very soon. Mitzvah every second. Protection. Feeling Hashem is with you. May I? Do I need to continue? Uh, for a woman, being, uh, being tzanua, uh, 
You know, there's nothing more beautiful than a woman understanding her value and not having to show her body to society. Knowing that I want to be married one day and only my husband will see me undressed. Or see the parts of my body that aren't allowed to be exposed. There's nothing more beautiful than that. When your friend is talking to you and he's talking bad about someone else, to tell him, I don't want to hear this. You know, life is so beautiful and there's so many amazing mitzvot that we can do. And we're stealing it away from ourselves. We're stealing it away from ourselves with our, with our flawed mindsets, with our bad ways of thinking, with getting guilty on ourselves because of what we used to do. That is a very famous way in this generation. That is basically Avodah Zarah. You want to know what Avodah Zarah is? I'll explain to you. Avodah Zarah is not just going down to flying to India and bowing down to the Buddha. Avodah Zarah, idol worship, is saying just because... Uh, let's say Reuven made a mistake yesterday, he has to make that mistake again today. That's idol worship. Worshiping the person that you used to be. Because the reality is, is that your neshama is constantly recreating. I'll, I'll give you a pasuk. Hashem is constantly recreating the world. Imagine this for a second. Imagine God sitting on his throne doing this. Refresh, refresh, refresh. You made a mistake? Refresh, you're a new person. Ref- went to the club, refresh, new person. Went to a Lakers game, you don't leave by halftime, refresh, you're a new person. Hashem is constantly recreating the world. And we have to recreate ourselves with that world. That means, I'll explain what that means very practically. That means if a person, let's say a deal didn't go through, right? You're in business, a deal didn't go through. It doesn't mean the whole day is bitl, my whole day is ruined. It means no, you have to, in the hardest moments, say, Hashem, thank you for this deal not going through because clearly... You didn't want it for me because if you wanted it for me to happen, it would. And Hashem, you only want good things to happen to me. It means that if a shidduch if doesn't work out, to say thank you to Hashem. Hashem, thank you because you see things behind the scenes and you know my personality. You know the kind of girl or guy that I need. And you know that this is not the right thing for, that I need. Hashem loves you and he wants the best for you. But unfortunately, we don't always want the best for ourselves. Unfortunately. And I'll also tell you something very interesting uh, about how, we'll talk about dating for a second. How, how much of dating is actually Mina Shamaim? You know, let's say a guy goes, he prays to Hashem, he says, Hashem, please send me a girl. I really want to get married. Or even for the woman too. A girl really wants to get married. She wants to make a bait neman Israel. So now, let's say Ruven, he prays to Hashem to send him a girl, and he sends him a girl. He gets a text from the matchmaker. Sarah would like to go out with you. They go on a date, and he doesn't make her feel respected. He doesn't listen to her so much. He talks about himself. He doesn't ask questions. Doesn't open the door. Doesn't ask her if she wants to drink water or to see how she's doing. And then he comes back home after the date and, you know, being a little bit selfish the whole time, talking about himself too much, not knowing that he's on a date to get to know someone else. And he finds out she doesn't want to continue. What does he do? Hashem, why am I not married? You prayed to Hashem. He sent you a girl. You're the one that messed it up. I, I want you to get married, but you have to want it for yourself. And, and that's exactly what Mina Shamayim means. It's Mina Shamayim that you prayed and you got answered. And now you have the schut bhira, You have the ability to make a choice. And you didn't follow through. What does Mina Shamayim mean at the end when it didn't work out? That's also Mina Shamayim that it didn't work out. Because Hashem wants you to work on yourself and to become a better person for the next one. And this doesn't mean to get hard on yourself if things don't work out. Obviously, if, if you knew what you knew now back then, it would have been different. 
But the idea is, is that Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah. Before you go and become a big tzaddik, to have Derech Eretz. We learn, right? Abraham was Midat HaChesed, Yitzchak Midat HaDin, Yaakov Midat HaRachamim. Way before the Torah was even given, Hashem is teaching us to be a decent human being. And as, as we can see pretty clearly throughout the night, that learning Torah is just as important as having good Midot. The Gaon of Vilna writes that Tikkun Midot Zekola Adam. The Gaon of Vilna is teaching us that rectifying one's character traits is the, basically the whole purpose of why we were created. By the way, uh, any questions? Don't, don't be shy, you could raise your hand. So the Gaon of Vilna is writing that the Tikkun Midot Zekola Adam. Rectifying one's character traits is the whole purpose as to why we were created. And it's very hard to fix your Midot. Right? Rabbi Salami Salanta, if I'm not mistaken, writes that to fix one bad character trait is equivalent to learning all of Shas. Now think about that for a second. If a guy has an anger problem or he's stingy, he doesn't want to give to poor people even though he has a lot of money, or if a person has a, a listening issue, he doesn't like to listen to people or he doesn't know how to give his time to people. If a person has this, this kind of a problem, it's very hard to fix it. You have to constantly brainwash yourself and tell yourself, I need to become a better person. I need to fix my midah. And it's very scary if we don't fix our midah. It can, it, it can, it can really ruin our lives. And it, it won't just ruin our lives in this world. Not fixing your midah can be very scary for you in the next world too. And I'll give you a proof. It says in Masachet Gitin, on the top right, a story, a very interesting story. Anyone ever heard of Titus? What does Titus do? Anyone know? What did he do? He was the emperor, right? Titus, he stormed into Yerushalayim and he, just, he destroyed the Beit HaMikdash. Not only that, but he took a, how do I say it in a nice way? He took a, a woman who sold herself, right? He brought her into the Kodesh Kodashim, the Holy of the Holies, and he made a sin with her right in front of Hashem's face. Right in front of Hashem's face. What happens now? Titus leaves thinking, I just destroyed the Jews. I just took over the world. On top of the world, what does God do? He takes a mosquito, a small mosquito to fly into his ear. And all day, Titus hears bzz, 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 all day, buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. He brings in the most famous doctors of the world. He brings in anybody who could help him get this mosquito out of his ear. But Hashem is showing him, you thought you were so large. Look how small I made you. Even a mosquito, a small mosquito in your ear, you can't stop. Now, what happened was that the mosquito ate away his brain and slowly, slowly, Titus died. Now, what happens a generation later? Titus had a nephew and his name was Unculus. If you open up any chumash, you have Rashi and you have Unculus. So Unculus was a convert. Interestingly enough, before Unculus's conversion, he wanted to know, am I making the right choice? So what does Unclus do? He calls down the neshama of Titus. And he says, Titus, my uncle, I'm about to convert to Judaism. Is this the right religion for me to get myself into? And Titus said, no, fake religion. How could that be, Titus? He's in the world of the truth. So the Mepharshim say on that page, a very, very important lesson for life. If a person doesn't fix his character traits, his midot in this world, after he exits this world, the character traits will follow him to the next world. Because like we said, this world's a hallway. But this is a hallway to fix. So if, if your soul has negative character traits that you don't fix in this world, those character traits will come with you to the next world. 
So it's a very, very important thing to work on one's character traits. And I can tell you that practically, if a person prays to Hashem, starts to become more aware of the people around him, starts to really follow the rule of right? as we know the famous story, a person once, a non-Jew once came to a Hillel and told him to teach him the whole Torah on one leg. Hillel went on one leg and he said, So if you can sum up the whole Torah in one sentence, it would say to think about the other person before you think about yourself. And this rule, this cloud, will get you very far in life. It will help you to have better relationships, better marriages, and to really, really, really find true love. I know that love is a very powerful word nowadays. Everyone's looking for love. Everyone wants to be in a happy relationship. And I'll teach you a trick. Uh, uh, who knows how to say love in Hebrew? Ahava, Baruch Hashem, we all know. In the, how do you spell Ahava? Aleph, Hey, Bet, Hey, right? In the middle of the word Ahava, you have Hav. Hav means to give. So what is God teaching us? In order to build love, you have to give to the other person. That's why if a dog barks, he says, Hav, Hav, Hav. He says, he's saying, give me food. Selfish little dog, isn't he? So Hashem is teaching us that if we want to build true love, we have to give. We have to give unconditionally to the other person without expecting anything in return. A very, very smart advice for life is to give everything and expect nothing in return. If you can do this with your parents, with your friends, with your wife, one day, or your husband, amen, you're going to have a very good marriage. That means that, that, that you have to invest everything into this person and expect nothing back. Truly. Because inherently we're all selfish. We all really love ourselves. And we all really care about ourselves more than anyone. And if we dedicate our time, a listening ear, you know, uh, a drive around to go get ice cream with a friend who's struggling. The, the smallest things mean the most. And don't ever, don't ever think that something small isn't important. The smallest mitzvah, the smallest advice, it can really change a person's life. Mm-hmm. The Lubavitcher Rebbe once said a, a person who's struggling doesn't always need an intelligent mind that can speak and give you a wise advice. But rather a special heart that listens. A special heart that listens in times of distress. And I can tell you from personal experience, if I had a, someone that was listening to me or could, or could offer a listening ear in times of distress, it would have made my life a lot easier. Baruch Hashem, I discovered now that the best listener in all of history is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem listens to me. He understands me. He knows me better than anyone. And uh, the, the great thing is, is that you can all use my therapist. Hashem, <laughs> available at any time, free of charge. If anything, he wants you to talk to him. Uh, any questions so far? Anything? Feel free to ask a question. Yes. Wait, I can't hear you. If you're marrying a person that, is also, that also has Yirat Shamayim, we're assuming you're marrying a normal person, yes? If you marry a girl with Yirat Shamayim, good midot, tzniut, you know, balat chesed, etc., she's going to be a person that's going to be well aware. Every from girl is very aware and very smart and probably knows a lot more than we think. So if you're marrying the right person, Bezrat Hashem, and you, and you will marry the right person, you have nothing to worry about. Don't think of what can go wrong if I decide to give to a person. Give and leave the, leave the rest to Hashem. Assuming you did your basic ishtadlut of researching who this girl is, what family does she come from, you know, what's her background, etc. What's she looking for, seeing that it matches with you. You know, a person once went to the Rebbe and asked him, 
Uh, how do I know if, if, if this is the right person for me to marry? So very, very simple advice. There's trillions of advices on how to pick the right girl. And I would obviously tell you to pray. But just to be very practical, he said, see if you like to spend time with this person. If you go on a date and time doesn't feel like it's flying, there's a problem. You should go on a date and finish and it should feel like you know, a whole year just passed. Feeling that time is heavy is not a good sign. Conversation should be flowing. You guys should be getting along, laughing, having a great time, enjoying to speak and to listen to each other, and genuinely developing a connection. Developing a connection of two souls. It's a beautiful thing, dating in, in the religious way, by the way. Dating in the Goyish way, it's all the opposite. Uh, Bob goes to the bar, sees Christine, and five minutes later they act like a married couple. That's not the way we do things. We're Jewish people. And before we get physical, we have to get spiritual. We have to do what Hashem wants us to do. And the second advice that the Rebbe gave to this person was to talk and have a conversation about where you want your life to, to, to look like in 70, 80 years from now. Obviously, if the guy wants to put his kids in yeshiva and the girl wants to put her kids in a public school, it's a big problem. So more or less, if you're 80% sure and you see that, you know, we get along, we're having a great time, you know, I'm starting to develop feelings for this person, we have the same goals in life, and I feel like I can trust her, and etc. It's a pretty safe bet to start giving your life to this person because marriage is a responsibility. And I will say for the men that marriage is a job. Marriage is a job, a full-time job. A woman needs, women and children, they need to feel like they have a nest at home. You know, the, the, the scariest thing is, is to feel like you, you, like you have no safe place in, in your life. You know, the, the home of every person should be their nest. The, the home should be a, a safe haven, a place to come home to and to be able to, you know, speaking to the men, uh, because I'm not a woman, speaking to the men, it's very important to be a good father. You know, before your kids go to sleep, to, 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 to give them a good mood and to tell them you love them and to hug them. And when they wake up, the same thing. Life is a full-time job. And the same thing with your wife. You know, they would, they would teach us in yeshiva, never go to sleep on a bad note. It's always important to constantly be giving to the marriage and be giving to the family because that is the priority. The priority is not the business, the priority is the marriage. And we're running short on time, but if I had time, I would actually show you something beautiful from Masechet Bava Metziah, that the key to Parnassah is treating your wife with tons of respect. If a person wants to be rich, it's not investing into the, into the business, it's investing into the marriage. Because the, the woman is the keli to all of the blessings, but specifically Parnassah. So to anyone who's married or who's looking to get married, look at it this way. Anytime you want to do something, anytime that you get upset and you want to mistreat your wife, look at it like you just lost $5 million because that's the reality of it. The better that you treat your wife is the better that you will have a better time in this world. Happy wife, happy life. Any other questions? Yes. What does Parnasam mean? Parnasam means uh, livelihood. Yeah, like money. Yeah. Any other questions? Yes. I can't hear him. Shh. Yeah. Uh, so, how does someone come to the acceptance uh, or not come to grab the mic? Give me, huh? Grab the mic. No, it's fine. It's you, wanna, yeah. you can hear me, right? I can hear you. I'll repeat the question. Yeah. yeah. How does someone come to the acceptance or not come to giving up when, when they keep praying and praying and praying but they don't see any salvation? What's your name? Daniel. Daniel. So, Daniel asked a beautiful question. He said, How does a person not give up, basically? when they're praying for something and their prayers aren't being answered, correct? A round of applause for that question. It's a very, very powerful question. And the answer to your question is as follows. 
First of all, there's not one prayer that Hashem doesn't hear. Every single time a person opens up their mouth and says Tehillim, prays, says something, or even talks in his own words, that prayer is being answered on the spot. Now, you know, it could be that there's a sick person in Singapore, a sick Jew, and your prayer just saved his life. You know, that's why after 120, Hashem is going to show us all of the good actions that we did and, and, and show us the, the reward for all of the good things that we did. You know, it's, it's not that you did something. There's not one, a person can never lose from investing in the will of Hashem. Every single prayer gets answered, but not always the way that we want to answer it. So I'll tell you two things. Number one, it's not good to pray to receive because that's not a relationship. You know, if, if you only go to your parents when you need money or when, when you want to use the car, that's not exactly showing your parents that you care about them. It's only showing them that when I need you, I come to you. Well, what about the rest of the day? Why don't you hug them? Why don't you kiss them in the morning? Why don't you tell them thank you for raising you? Thank you to your mother for holding you for nine months while you're kicking and screaming. Thank you to your father for trying his best to pay the bills and etc. and trying to be a good father in your life. You know, especially me, I'm Moroccan. I'm sure this whole room is Middle Eastern. Our parents really do their best. And it can oftentimes be misunderstood and we can take it personal. But take it from a Moroccan, you know, Middle Eastern parenting. Yes, it's foreign. It's a foreign thing. And it's not the right way to do things anymore. We need to be more sensitive and follow what Hashem wants us to do. But our parents are doing their best. And we need to love and respect them no matter what they do. Because even though it may not be what we need, we have to look at their efforts. And that's called being mature. So, so praying is not always on a condition to receive. Sometimes just praying to Hashem, a person needs to really want to develop a relationship. A person really wants to, should want to, have, a, have an ongoing relationship with God. You laugh with him, you cry with him, you, you speak to him. And obviously if a person's praying for something that they really need, I would tell you to pray to Hashem to only answer the prayer if it's good for you. You know, like, don't pray to marry a specific girl, pray to get married. Don't pray to go into a specific business, pray to make your, your livelihood. It's, it's, very, it's very bad to pray for specific things because chas v'shalom, you can actually possibly get answered and you can marry this girl, but she's not good for you. So it's very important to tell Hashem, Hashem, I don't know what's good for me. I don't know what I need. I know what you put in my head and what's in front of me. And even that, I don't really know. You know, it says, A lot of thoughts a person has, but at the end of the day, what Hashem wants is going gonna, is gonna to fulfill itself. And a cute also, an acute interpretation of that pasuk, just because we're talking about it, is that when a person wakes up in the morning, a lot of thoughts, should I get up, should I not? I feel a little bit down today, etc. Hashem says, get up, go start your day. And get up like a lion and figure it out later. So, in so many words, if a person prays to Hashem and feels like it's not being answered, you should feel good to know that your tefillot are being answered and are being heard. And maybe just reposition a little bit the prayer itself, right? Pray to Hashem for the relationship and tell Hashem, Hashem, you know what's good for me. Please give me what I need. I hope that answers your question. Any other questions? One in the back. Yes. Uh, so I have a question. So I hear that in marriage, the, the, a lot of the men, blessings come through, according to Kabbalah, it comes through the woman. Can you, can you talk a little bit more, more about that? Yeah, so I'm not a Kabbalah expert, but it does, it does say in Masechet Baba Metziah, like we said before, that the, all of the brachot in life come on the extension of the woman's behalf. Because the woman is the key to everything. And specifically the parnasa. 
So the woman is the, it says Yisha, the woman can build a man or it can ruin. But I can tell you that the reason why it says Ezer Kenegdo is because it's for you to choose. She can either be the greatest partner in life or it can be the most horrible thing and that's up to the men. Uh, to the extent that you treat your wife with respect and you're really aware of her sensitivity, women are very sensitive and it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And the Gemara in fact writes that the woman is nine times smarter than the men. So the, the, the creation of the woman is the most beautiful thing and it's for us men to understand that without our wife we're nothing. A woman doesn't even have a responsibility to have children. It's not her mitzvah, it's the man's mitzvah. The woman, she, women basically come here for us. They come all the way to this world just for us, right? <laughs> the women are here to deal with our problems. So the greatest tikkun for a man is to overcome his negative midot, to treat his wife like the best person in the world, to make sure she's always smiling, to always do his best for her and to make her his queen. And I can guarantee you, if a man makes the woman the queen, she will undoubtedly, without a question, make you the king. Right, girls? Yeah. Say it louder for the men on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes. Wait, wait, we can't hear him. Sorry, yeah? Shh. like a job for the man. So with all this stuff and with divorce, a man will get divorced in life, his life is when I was saying that marriage is a job, I didn't mean like you go to, you go to your work uh, with your wife nine to five. I have to go and deal with this person. Uh, in fact, getting a divorce is actually a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to get a divorce if things really aren't working out. But if a person, quiet, please. Let's respect the question. If a person truly gets to a, a place in his life where he has to get a divorce, I would say it's a major time to look into himself and what got him to that place. I think if any person really, really is honest with themselves and looks deep into their character and, and how, how they've been running this marriage and running their life, they will come to see that they truly are at fault. Things don't just fall apart in one day, things fall apart after a very long time of holding it inside. And to reiterate, Marriage is a job in the sense that a, person, a man needs to constantly be working on himself. If a man isn't working on his limut Torah, learn praying in three minyanim a day, there's a reason why men have more mitzvot than women do, because we need that to burn our yetzahara. Chazal teaches us that barat yetzahara, barat Torah tavlin. Hashem created the evil within us, and He also created the Torah, which is the cure. It's the cure to all of our negative character traits. And that's why it's so important for a man to, to glue himself to Hashem, to commit day in, day out. And with this recipe of being connected to Borei Olam, I can promise you that you will have a very long, healthy, happy life with the right girl. Amen. And even if things didn't work out in the end, it's a kaparat avanot. Does that answer your question? He's thinking about it. Okay. Any other questions? Yes. I was never married yet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but like we said before, right? What's Mina Shamaim? Hashem gave you a wife. What you choose to do with that wife is up to you. I, I, I think it breaks Hashem's heart when couples get divorced, unfortunately. And that's why I like, want you to put them first. 
when you put the woman first and when you put your family first and put yourself aside, that's why, I'll tell you something very interesting. If you go to the order of the Gemarot, Masechet Gitin comes, comes before Masechet Kiddushin. So God is teaching us how do we get divorced before we actually get married. It's a little bit, what? It's a little bit, <laughs> work backwards, it's a Persian word. So it's a, little, it's a little bit interesting, right? Why is God teaching us how to get divorced before we get married? Does God, want us, does God want to set us up for failure, God forbid? There's many answers to this, but I'll give you one that seems to be appropriate for tonight. Hashem wants a man to divorce himself before he goes into a marriage. And that's really the reality. You can't go into a marriage looking to take, looking to receive, looking to, to you know, be some kind of a, I don't know, Arab mentality thing. It's not, it doesn't work that way. And actually, Chazal teaches us that, that in short, love that is dependent on something that is not the person in front of you is not real love. If you're marrying someone for their looks or for their reputation, for their status quo, for their money, for anything else besides who this person is in front of you, that is in fact a love that is bound to die. Because the moment that the thing you married them for ceases to exist, the love will cease to exist. You have to marry the person for nothing more than, for, 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 for nothing less than their neshama, who they are, their personality, and that's basically it. What you see in front of you is what you get. And that's why we have to take a lot of thought before we get married to make sure that we're making a decision that we're happy with. Because we want to live and hopefully have happy marriages. There's a reason why 95% of, of marriages aren't happy. And that's what we probably could think of. A lot of marriages aren't happy. And that's because people don't have God in, God in their lives. And even if you look at the spelling of a man and a woman, Ish, Isha. If you take out the Yud and the He, which is God's name, you have Esh, you have fire. So if you take out the God from the relationship, you're going to have a big balagan. A person needs to bring God into their home. And I think that's the best Shalom Bayit advice that I could give. Even though I'm not married, just based on what I learned, and just based on common sense, based on looking at my parents and other marriages. You have to bring God into your life. And when you bring in this infinite source of good, of loving, of patience, of unending kindness, and you emulate that, because right, your neshama is a piece of chalak al your soul is a part of infinite greatness. So when you bring that piece, that element of yourself into a marriage, and you focus on it every single day, undoubtedly you will succeed. People like to go and to write on their board uh, goals. I wanna, I don't know, get a six pack. I wanna make a lot of money. I wanna become rich. I wanna open up this business. I wanna open up this uh, whatever. Uh, people wanna have tons of goals, but why is no one writing on their wall, I wanna have a happy marriage? Why aren't married couples writing on their wall, I want to make my wife happy today? Because life is one day at a time. Why can't people write goals that actually align with what Hashem wants? I want to make my wife happy today. I want to do my best to, to do things for her. I want to think about my kids today. I want to do things for them. I want to give today. I want to be in a giving mindset. That's why it's so important to wake up early. Go to Shachrit. I'm going to keep saying it until you guys get the point. A person needs to have God in their life. When you think that it's just stam another minyan, it's no, it's not, it's everything. The smallest things matter. The smallest limudim, you're waiting for a bus, learn Torah, listen to a shiur. Now I'm going to be driving to the airport. I'm going to be listening to a class, the whole plane ride. I already have them downloaded on my phone. I'm already planning in advance not to just waste my time and stroll through. No. I'm waiting in security, listening to a shiur. Walking to the plane, listening to a shiur. On the plane, shiur. 
or writing notes. All day your life has to be davuk ba'ashem. You have to be glued to Hashem. That's the only way to be. That's the only way to, to be connected to Him. You have to constantly invest in this relationship, and obviously, if you invest in this relationship, it will invest back to you. So time is coming short. Any other questions before we finish? Yes. It's very, it's very simple. Start. <laughs> Just start doing mitzvot. Start, start talking to Hashem. Start telling Him how you feel. Start building that relationship. And you're not always going to see the, 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 the investments come back to you right away. But if a person starts to do mitzvot, like the second you leave this class tonight, say, you know what, I'm going to take it upon myself to be extra modest or not to hear Lashon Hara or to keep Shabbat with more happiness. And obviously, as you see here, there's a lot of things that we wanted to give out for this exact purpose. You see how Hashem made you say that? All of the things on this desk we're going to give out is living in Mona Seferis, specifically for the girls. I would like all the girls to take one and to, and to take upon themselves to learn with each other. And I promise you, if you do this for 40 days, you're going to see a big salvation. Let us say Amen. We also have over here, Birchat Asher It's very important to, to say this after you use the bathroom, to wash the tila and to say this with Kavanah. It says at the end of the bracha, "Iyev shali itkayem afilu shahachat." Baruch Ata Hashem, Ofeko Basam Afila Asod. Imagine not being able to go to the bathroom for one hour. How much pain you would go through? You would die. You would you would essentially die. One hour of pain of I need to use the bathroom, and Hashem allows us to use the bathroom every single day, and we take it for granted. We go to the bathroom. You know, we spend a lot of time in there. We bring our phones in there. God forbid, kind of, who brings their phone in the bathroom? You know, a person needs to use the bathroom and to thank Hashem for the ability that they just used it. So we're going to give that out too. Another thing that we're going to give out over here is Kriyat Shema Lamita. Oh, and by the way, I promise you, whoever, if anyone's having a, a, a sickness or a sick person in their family or in general wants a salvation, if you accept upon yourself for 40 days to say Asher with Kavanah, you will see the salvation very soon. Amen. Also, we have over here Kriyat Shema Lamita. This is the most beautiful thing in the world. Believe it or not, I actually just started doing this a few months ago. I never said Kriyat Shema Lamita before in my life. I thought it was one of those pushover mitzvot. Baruch Hashem, I'm starting to really grow and get the message and that I need Hashem in every facet of my day. And one of the things that it says in Kriyat Shema Lamita is that I forgive any person who ever hurt me in my entire life. Think about the power of that. You're going to sleep basically cleaning yourself clean for the Shana. It's not just another sleep. It's not just another night. You, you, you have an opportunity to forgive anyone who ever hurt you, to let go of everything, surrender your will to Hashem, and wake up as a fresh, brand new person. How many people wake up with yesterday in their head? You have the opportunity to read this with Kavanah. It takes like three, four, or five minutes to read this, and you wake up as a brand new person. Israel Hashem, whoever takes upon themselves Kriyat Shema Lamita for 40 days, I promise you, you will see a Yeshua very soon. And without a question, you're going to have better Midot. Without a question. Um, yes? Is it okay to read all of these prayers if you feel more connected in English? 100%. Read Tfilot, tfilot all day in English. As long as you're doing it. <laughs> Anything, yeah. Hashem understands every language. Uh, Farsi, Russian, he, whatever. Hashem, Hashem speaks every language. Another thing before we end is that we also have here tzitzit. This is for the men. Tzitzit is a very important mitzvah. 
I'll tell you a story. One time I was in camp, and listen up to this, you don't want to miss this story. It's very interesting. I was in, I was in camp when I was about 10, 11 years old, and the rabbi took the old, 13 of the older kids on a trip, and they, they were going to the mountains, I think uh, maybe Poconos or something, in the summer. And I remember very vividly that there were 13 on the bus, the rabbi, 14 people. Everyone following? Baruch Hashem. So the bus got into a tragic accident because, you know, if you ever went to the mountains in New York or Pennsylvania, when you go up the mountain, it's very tight edges. So there was a freak accident where the bus actually fell off the mountain, rolled and rolled and rolled. And when finally Hatzalah came and everyone came to the scene, 13 people walked out of the, of the bus without a scratch. Why? Because they were wearing tzitzit. One of them was severely injured. I think even became paralyzed. He wasn't wearing tzitzit. So, so tzitzit is a very, very powerful protection. A person who puts on themselves tzitzit, they're, they're, they're getting a mitzvah every second during the day and protecting themselves at night from sin. I promise you guys, whoever puts on tzitzit, even though it's hot, even though it's sweaty, you really sacrifice for Hashem and dress like a Jew, like how you have to be. People are saying nowadays, what do you identify as? I'm a man, I want to be a girl, a girl want to be a man. Identify as a Jew. If you identify as a Jew and do what Hashem wants you to do, you will see bracha in your life. Whoever takes on tzitzit tonight, you're going to see a salvation very soon. I promise you. Amen. So I want to finish with one more thing before I forget. Um... The rabbi is starting a, a Gemara Shiur very soon. Uh, Chazal teaches us, Sof Ma'aseh, The end of every action once started as a thought. So right now, I hope we feel a little bit inspired after this class. And right now, the, the metal, you know, if, if, you, if you ever go to, let's say, a chair or some kind of a... Uh, a gate outside, you see how it's very cold, you can't really bend it, right? But how did you make the, the metal shape? Because when the metal was hot, you moved it. So right now, if you feel a little bit of inspiration, take the chance to take upon yourself something. Whether you take something from here, the Kratz Shema Living in the Tzitzit, or whether you uh, commit to coming to the class, or even if you make a personal commitment to yourself, Beautiful. Uh, or even if you take a personal commitment upon yourself between you and Hashem, I want everyone to take the chance to really take upon yourself something. Bizrat um, Hashem, because it's very important to make a change. And after you make the change, you can accept upon yourself something. Because it's Eid Ratzon. When a person decides, I'm not going to be this way anymore, enough is enough, I want to be a happy person, I want to be connected to Hashem, I'm Yisrael Chai, yeah? That's the moment that your life's going to change. So... I'm not finished this yet. Um, so so two, two quick announcements for the Persian community. Cool, right? Persian. Uh, so they, I, 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 uh, the rabbi wants to start a Masechet Brachot uh, Shiur. So to anyone who's thinking, this is actually insane because Rosh Chodesh, I found a crazy connection to the Gemara and to tonight. So who knows how to spell Gemara? Spell it, no? Gemara, how do you spell it in Hebrew? So the Zohar teaches us a very interesting lesson. Gemara is Gimel, Gavriel, Mem, Michael, Resh, Raphael, Aleph, Uriel. Four angels come down and protect you the second you open up the Gemara. Another beautiful thing about Gemara is that it's written in Aramaic. 
the, the angels come and interpret your tefillot and your limudim and decide if it's worthy to go up to Kisei Kavor. But specifically Gemara, they don't interpret. Gemara is the highest level of learning and it's a, it's a language that the angels don't speak. So when a person learns Gemara, it goes straight to Hashem. That's besides the fact that when you learn Gemara, you, you become smarter. You open up a Gemara, you have Mishnah, Halakha, Musar, you feel better. It destroys your Yetzahara. You're not going to want to look at immodest things. You're not going to want to have bad thoughts. And to the ladies, push your husbands to learn Gemara every single day. It's very important to learn Gemara because this is the straight connection to Hashem. And you have here an amazing rabbi that is willing to teach you for free. All you have to do is to show up. I promise you, whoever decides to commit to Gemara is Nasiya Big Yeshua. And, I, and I, I want to tell you something very beautiful. I want to tell you a very beautiful story uh, from Chacham Yosef. From, uh, Yosef. Uh, I love Shalom. So Chamovadiah writes in Sefer Anaf Etzavot, I wrote down the source, a very beautiful, interesting story. So there was once a man, let's call him Reuven, and he was a diamond dealer, right? Reuven was a diamond dealer, and he lived in a small city, and he decided that every single day, I'm going to learn Gemara from 8 to 9 in the morning, no matter what, I don't care what happens. 8 to 9, I'm learning Gemara. So... He starts this commitment and he's learning Gemara every day and everything's going well. One day he comes home and his wife tells him, you know, Reuven, why are you learning Gemara every single day? All of, all of your, your, your colleagues get to work at 8 o'clock and they start their day the second the market opens and they're hustling. Don't you think you should too? And he said, no, I believe in Hashem. I committed to learn from 8 to 9. By the time I open up the store, it's probably 9, 30, 10. This is what I'm doing. This is my Kabbalah. That's what he said to his wife. So, he continues. One day, an Arab from Dubai, say Dubai, right? Interesting. An Arab comes and into, the, into the diamond store, and he says, you know, Reuven, I heard you're a very good uh, diamond dealer in the neighborhood. I'm visiting, and I want to know the value of my diamond. So the Arab, he takes off his, uh, uh, what's it called, jalabiya, right? The, the hat that they wear. And he unraveled it, and he takes out a beautiful diamond. And he asks Reuven the value of this diamond, and Reuven takes a look at it, and he says, I'll tell you the truth, I've never seen one of these before, I'll get back to you. Come back to me in a couple days, and I'll tell you the value of your diamond. So, okay, he sends him off. A few days go by, and one morning, Reuven, he... He heads to, he finishes his Gemara Shior, and he leaves, the, he leaves the store. Okay, he starts to hear screaming and yelling, and he says, what's going on? He, he, he starts to follow the, the voice, and he sees by the hotel, by a very fancy hotel, he goes inside and, he's, and he hears all this big commotion and crowds flipping out and things of that nature. So he asks the receptionist, what's going on here? And she tells him there was a, a, a very rich person that came from Dubai and he stayed by this hotel and he just died. And he didn't, he didn't give this payment. So if you go to the, the, the grand hall, right, they're having a, 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 an auction for all of his clothing. So he comes to the auction and he sees that this Arab had very nice clothing and they start to auction off his shoes you know, $5,000, $10,000, his jackets, his shirts, his pants. Now they get to the hat. And, okay, a jalabiya, what's it worth, $5? But Reuven remembered, wait, 
That's the hat. That inside of it is the diamond. So he goes, $1,000. And everyone looks at him like, this guy's crazy. He wants to buy this uh, robe for $1,000. Okay, let him buy it. Going once, going twice, sold. Misha Berach. He gets the hat. He gets the hat. He runs home. And he unravels it. And he finds the diamond. From that day, Reuven never had to work a day in his life. It's a true story. And what do you learn from this story? That you learn that if a person invests in the will of Hashem, he'll never lose out. The true power of commitment and to come into something every single day. I don't care about the distractions. I don't care about where your friends are pulling you to go. If you commit to Gmaran, if you commit to Hashem, Hashem will commit to you. It says in Pikei Avod, Hashem is teaching us here an amazing lesson. Hashem says, if you, my son, my daughter, my child, if you make my will like your will, I will make your will like my will. And throughout, throughout life, things will come up and things will get hard. And Ramamish ending with this, because I have a flight to catch. But I want to give you a pasuk that we read every day and I want to give you a bit of an interesting twist on it. It says, In the daytime, it's very easy to be positive. It's very easy to wake up, especially in LA. You know, I live in New York, so we have tons of rain and it's not so exciting. But uh, here, you know, I mean, I came actually in the storm, uh, state of emergency, right? A lot of rain. But the past two days, we had some nice sun. So it's very easy to be positive throughout the day. You know, LA, living the dream, right? But when the night comes, things get hard, right? Throughout the daytime, it's very easy to be positive and to be optimistic and to go to shul, etc. But what is Hashem looking for? That defines a Jew. Your emunah in the night times, meaning when things get hard. Hashem wants to see who are you when things get difficult. And what's beautiful about nighttime? What's beautiful about nighttime is that in Judaism, that's the beginning of a new day. And the Gemara that you're about to learn very soon opens up by saying, from when, do we start to, from when is the time that we start to learn and to read the Shema at night? It's an argument. It's the opening of Masechet Bracho, which is beautiful because you guys are about to start it very soon. And what's beautiful about Shema is that when a person covers his eyes and focuses on Hashem, he's basically testifying to Hashem that even though when things get dark and when things get hard and when I can't see what's your will, I'm still going to trust you and have bitachon in you. So Be'ezrat Hashem, I give you all a bracha to commit to the Gemara Shior. And I give all of you a large bracha that Be'ezrat Hashem, anyone who's not married should get married this year. And anyone who's having a struggle in Panasah will get their Yeshua this year. And all of you should really, really, really be able to come and to acquire a real happiness. And the Mashiach, the Mashiach Keno should come. Amen. Amen. One more question, yeah. Uh, you can sell a donation to I want what you want Hashem at gmail.com. If you forget it, it's the Pirkei Pasuk. That's my zel. Thank you very much. Uh, please come take something. And I have a flight to catch. Thank you very much. Okay, as he packs up, I'm going to say a couple.